Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Welcome to Pentecost Sunday, everyone. Also, Superhero Sunday. How are we all for that? Whose kids got dressed up this morning? No one's. Oh, that's awkward. (laughs) Didn't you get the memo? Are we okay? We're not asleep? That's cool. Hey, Glenda, thank you for sharing. I felt like you just sort of talked about your experience then, but it was just so relatable. And I like to encourage us all at the end there here. So this isn't just for the disciples on the day of Pentecost, but this is for us today. Um, On that vein, what Pastor Glenda shared in that um, video there, I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Pentecost Sunday. I want to try and give us in these next few moments a brief of what happened on the day of Pentecost, why we value that day, and why we celebrate it today. Like, what's the big deal with Pentecost Sunday? So can I get into it? The Passover, I'm going to start a little bit obscure, but I hope it's all going to tie together and make sense really soon. The Passover was the time when uh, the angel passed over, the angel of death passed over Egypt and all the firstborns were gone. And what happened? It was the start of the deliverance of the nation of Israel out of Egypt. It was that when they had the blood of the spotless lamb that they would put over their doorpost, that was a sign that they would be covered by the blood. It was a foreshadow of what Jesus would do for them. Crucifixion, when Jesus was on that cross, he became our spotless lamb. This was like Passover take two. God was sacrificed. Jesus, God in flesh, was sacrificed so that we could realize that no longer we are slaves to sin, no longer death has a power over us, but we have access to a new life because of the blood of Jesus. Does that make sense? Passover, crucifixion. Three days later, what happened after crucifixion? Nobody knows. I'm glad you came to church this morning then. (laughs) What happened three days after crucifixion? Resurrection. Resurrection. We are here today because our God is not dead. Do we believe that? The grave could not hold Jesus. So the day of resurrection was a day of great celebration that, hey, our Saviour lives. Not only do we have access to God, no longer are we slaves to sin and death, but we are free because of His price. But also we live because He lives Resurrection power. After the day of resurrection, Jesus was around. He was appearing to disciples and different people in different moments for 40 days. Everyone say 40 days. 40 days happens a lot in the Bible. Emmanuel and I have this joke about whether that's a, you know, always a literal 40 days in the Bible or whether it means a long time, whatever. We talk about that. But Jesus was around. He was witnessed by hundreds of people in and around after his resurrection. The last words he gave his disciples before he ascended into heaven are found in Acts chapter 1, and I'd like to read from verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, when when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem 
and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus ascends to heaven. Now when he had spoke these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Jesus in this scripture here, he, at his ascension, like, you know when, have you ever had someone play this prank on you? I, I used to have this workmate that I used to, and every time he used to get me with the same stupid prank. You know those stupid pranks that like, you've, how did I fall for that again? Every time before he hung up the phone, he'd be like, oh, so that's I need to take, oh. and then he would hang up, like, and I'd be like, I'd call him back, oh, sorry, what did you need to tell? Oh, and he's like, oh, I got you again. Like, and I'm like, no. So he'd go to, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Can you do this, do that? Yes, yeah, sweet. Okay, see you, bro. Oh, wait, all right. And I'm like, oh, no. So I'd call him back, and every single time, I'm like, oh, kept getting me. What, the last words you normally leave someone with are pretty important. Have you ever been going on a long trip or going away and you've been known you've gone away? We left our kids for two weeks this year. Like, that's a long time to leave. How old are they? Three and eight or seven at the time. Like, we were like, we love you. Please know that we love you. We're giving them all these info. Like, be kind to your grandparents. Like, you know, all the rest of it. Like, the important information they need to know while we're away. Jesus was about to leave his closest friends on earth. And he gave them this important information. Hey, wait around for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm sending it to you. It is important. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. This wasn't the first time that the Holy Spirit had been promised in Scripture. It's also pro uh, promised by Joel. Glenda spoke about that in her testimony then, about Joel in the Old Testament, by John the Baptist in Matthew and Luke. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was witnessed by power. And, and it was to be witnesses. That's what Jesus promised. Why was the promise of the Holy Spirit important? Well, I'm glad you asked, Caleb. Because up until this moment, up until the day of Pentecost, in human history, Holy Spirit only came on people for a time, a task, or a moment. It was like this superpower, like it was like the Clark Kent running to the phone booth. It was like that, you know, it was like that moment where it was just for a specific task or a moment, but God wants to infill us with his Holy Spirit. Spirit. This was different. This was different to what they had known and witnessed before. So Jesus, uh, um, on Resurrection Sunday, he rose. He, he was witnessed for being around for the next 40 days, and he ascended into heaven. Some 10 days later, 50 days after resurrection, um, was the day of Pentecost. Let's pick it up from Acts chapter 2, the next chapter, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of mighty wind, of a rushing mighty wind. Have I told you the story how I tried to amp this up one time? Can you forgive me because it was when I was a youth pastor and we all know what Dan's like, so give us some grace. No, tough crowd this morning, guys. All the fun's happening outside, not inside. Is there like a rule? Like, okay, we're going to the church. Leave your fun outside. And I was reading the scripture, and I was at Don McDonnell's church. Who knows Pastor Don? And he's like, he's a bit out there. And um, I didn't know, but their church was right on the edge of a train line. And like, I couldn't have predicted this better. And, and like, and I'm, I was reading the scripture, and it's like, mighty rushing wind, and this train goes. I didn't know they're on a train line. That was the first time I'd been there. I didn't know. I didn't check out Google Maps, and I'm like, and I could hear this, I'm like, mighty rushing, and I hear this noise, and I'm like, plane, and they're like, no, train, and I'm like, damn it, I was so close, I tried to claim it as the Holy Spirit, but I got it wrong. 
That's a random side note story that I didn't plan to share. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So there was this mighty rush and wind, this sound. Have you experienced moments like this? Where it's like times that I've encountered God, I can't explain it, I can't articulate it the best all the time, but I've experienced it. This is what that was happening in this moment. As they were sitting there, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And as they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begun to speak, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What an amazing Amazing moment, an amazing picture. Um, the feeling of the Holy Spirit, it wasn't simply for a moment, but it was an indwelling, an infilling of the Holy Spirit. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 120 in the upper room that day had received this message of repentance, forgiveness of sin, healing of brokenness through Jesus Christ, and now the seal of the Holy Spirit. You see, the seal of the Holy Spirit, it changed things. There was, a, there was a marked difference on the day of Pentecost because the day of Pentecost was not only the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out. Do you know what else it was? It was the birth of the church. The church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. This is why Jesus promised, he said, hey, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're gonna receive power and you're gonna be my witnesses. This is why as a church we have an outward focus because we believe that what we have received from God, we have a mandate, a call on our lives to be outward focused, that what we have received we pass on, that we would be his witnesses in our world and in our day. Many more than 120 saw Jesus. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, he says this, after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. So Paul says that Jesus was seen in one moment, in one time, by 500 witnesses. So, so I'm, I'm guessing, like, how many people saw the resurrected Jesus, yet only 120 remained? Can I encourage us, church? Let's be people that remain. Jesus saw hundreds of people, like the resurrected Christ. Wouldn't you think that maybe this is worth following? Jesus said, hey, don't go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave because I'm promising you something better. Only, 100, only 120 remained. Can I encourage us, church? Let's be one of those 120. Let's be one of those ones that remain, that when Jesus says, hey, I'm promising you good things, I've got something more for us, that we would be those that would be found in his house, in his presence, in the will of God in our life. Warning, are you going to be one of these people? Or are you going to miss the filling of the Holy Spirit? Hundreds saw him, but only 120 experienced it in this moment. Acts 1.14, Jesus says, wait here, do not depart. Sometimes we can be good at, at the doing, but not so good at the waiting. I'm really good at doing. I'm working on the waiting. Do you know the problem? That I've found is that patience is a fruit of the Spirit, and I wish I could scrub that one out of my Bible. Anyone else want to do that? In the Caleb Slatcher version or translation or... Maybe paraphrase because I wouldn't retranslate the Bible. Can I call it paraphrase, please? I'd probably white out patience there because patience feels a little bit overrated sometimes. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we love the doing, but the waiting is tough sometimes. Can I encourage us? There's a waiting on the Spirit. God doesn't always move in my timing of experience. And prayer and my relationship with God is not about me getting the right thing so I can manipulate God and twist his arm and arm wrestle him to get to do what I want. No, no, no. It's his partnership. 
Just, hey, God, I'm willing. God, if you want to do this, God, I just pray and I declare this by faith, you know. But at the end of the day, God, I'm submitting to your will, to your goodness, to your grace. I'm using patience. I will wait, you know, whether it's this side or the other side of eternity, I'll stand by faith on you, God. So 120 baptized with the Spirit. Things that I've noticed in this passage here is that they couldn't stay there. Like moments that I've experienced, God, sometimes our natural reaction is to be like, this is awesome. Let's do this again. Let's never leave. Let's never go anywhere. Let's recreate that moment forever. If they did that, the church would never have been founded. God's message is more for just, it was for more than just the 120 in the upper room. The Holy Spirit was more for than just simply the 120. Sometimes our, our propensity is to protect what we have. It's to create this little holy huddle that, yeah, we're experiencing the presence of God. That's us. Let's do it. No, no, no. We need to get out and play the game. We can't stay in the huddle forever. If these people stay in the upper room the day of Pentecost, the church does not exist. We don't gather today. The enjoyment and feeling we receive from the Holy Spirit are a byproduct, not the purpose. Do you understand that? What we receive, that, that the enjoyment, that, that the feeling that we get from our time with the Holy Spirit is not the purpose. The purpose is that we receive power and we become better witnesses. The byproduct is that we enjoy the moments in the meantime. Acts, 5, Acts 2 verse 5 to 6 says this. This is the crowd's response after they hear them speaking in unknown tongues. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Pretty interesting, don't you think? That the Holy Spirit, sound of the mighty rushing wind, almost like pictures of tongues of fire on people's heads, and then people start speaking in unknown language to them that other people were translating and other people were hearing in their own dialects. Let's skip down into, into um, just verse 14 there in Acts chapter 2 still. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem... Let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk. Everyone say, not drunk. As you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. Third hour of the day, what time is that roughly? Does anyone know? It's now, yeah, nine o'clock, well, an hour ago. Nine o'clock, like, Peter's get up and say, hey, the pub's not open yet, guys, chill out. God's doing something here. Can I get an amen? Sometimes people, when, sometimes when Holy Spirit comes upon me, I, I, I've done weird things. That's okay. It's okay. It's only 9 a.m. in the day, verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass that in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on 120 people in one moment, in one instance in history that will never happen again. No. On all flesh is a prophecy of Joel. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be 
saved. I love that that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the birth of the church. Let's skip down to verse 40 there. I know I'm reading a bit of scripture, but stay with me. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who had gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Pretty cool, hey? The birth of the church, Peter, that he receives this Holy Spirit. He receives this power that Jesus prophesied, that he promised. He receives this power. He gets up uh, and he preaches this message and 3,000 people respond. This is the same Peter. Like, you understand this is the same Peter that a little bit earlier on in the chapters that he's denying Jesus three times. He's like, I'll never do that, Jesus. He's like, no, no, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And he does in... Three times. Can, I guess I bring this up to say this. God can do a thousand times more than the worst things that we can do in our own strength. Peter is the same guy that denies Jesus three times and yet his first message he preaches and 3,000 respond. This is what the difference is that the Holy Spirit can make in our lives. What changed? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Pentecost changed everything. Wake up. that we would receive power from the Holy Spirit and it would result in us being witnesses of the risen Christ. Highway Church is a Pentecostal church. We're part of a denomination that uh, Pastor Dan just spoke about that was led uh, for a while by Pastor Andrew Evans, but we're part of the ACC denomination. It used to be Assemblies of God, and that's a Pentecostal denomination. But, but I guess I just wanted to take a moment now because... Um, many people that have joined our church recently or call Highway Home, but they don't really understand what that means or does that mean that we do this or do that. So I just wanted to take the next couple of minutes just to explain a few things before we get to experience a few things. Is that okay? I'll do my best. So what do we believe about the Holy Spirit or spirit baptism? Number one, I believe that spirit baptism is distinct and subsequent to salvation. Distinct and subsequent subsequent to salvation. I think they're two distinct moments, you see. I believe that when we uh, pray that salvation prayer or the point of salvation, whatever that looked like for you, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what that means? It means that when we pray that prayer, like Pastor Byron's been doing altar calls every service, when we go, hey God, please forgive me my sins. I open up my life and I ask you to come in. We believe that at that moment we are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the presence of God. This is how we can see the fruit of God evident in Christians' lives that do not speak in tongues. Do we understand that? That as I, all I ever knew was Pentecostal. I grew up in a church in this denomination. I've always attended a church in this denomination. And for a moment, I almost thought that we were like, that if you could speak in tongues, then you were better than every other Christian. Can I just encourage us for a moment? That is not true at all. Some of the best Christians I know don't speak in tongues, but they have this fruit of the Spirit evident in their life, and it's visible, and it's like, wow, that person has the character of Christ. There are many great Christians and denominations that do not speak in tongues. So I believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is subsequent and distinctly different to salvation experience. 
1 Corinthians 6.19 says this, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So I believe that at the point of salvation, we open up our life, and the Spirit of God comes in. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is an extra. I know this imagery is a bit random, but it's the best we can sort of have, and it's a little bit from that Renaissance period, but... Can you imagine what happens after death? Like, in my mind, it goes straight to, like, almost like Sistine Chapel artwork. Do you know what I'm talking about? We, we all sort of grew up in this era where it was, like, imagery was like that, and, you know, we get to the pearly gates, whatever they are, you know, uh, I'm not sure. But can I tell you something, just so we're all on the same page? The password's not going to be in tongues. <laughs> do, do you understand that? It's like, what's a magic word? Shabba baba. Yep, you can come in. Can I just encourage us, church? I never want what we're about to do today. I, well, I'm, I'm making a joke about it, but I don't want anyone to think that if they don't speak in tongues, that they're excluded from the will of God in their life because that is not the plan and the purpose of being a part of a Pentecostal church. It's not the be all and end all. And can I side note something too? The Pentecostal experience is not instead of sound theology, spiritual disciplines, and religious practices. Do we understand that? Because I think sometimes we have a propensity to swing the pendulum too far. It's like, no, no, I've got the spirit. So I don't need to read my Bible. I, I, I can't learn anything from our forefathers in the faith. I can't learn, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's all. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to be a part of what he's doing today. But you know what? I want sound theology too. I want to understand this Christian tradition. I want to understand the word of God and how that affects me in my day. Number two, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I believe, is evidenced by the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is an unknown language. These people in the, uh, in the upper room in that moment, the 120 of them, they didn't know the languages that they were speaking. Tongues is not praying in English, unless, of course, you don't speak English. Anyone not speak English? I struggle sometimes. My experience of speaking in tongues is, it's probably similar to yours, Glenda, actually, where I responded to an altar call because someone was preaching and said, hey, if you want to receive this, come down the front. So I'm like, why not? I'll give it a go. I've got nothing to lose. I've shared this before, but the person that prayed for me was like a random, like, <laughs> like I'm not even going to say the name because I thought that would be disrespectful. But like it wasn't the pastor, it wasn't even anyone in leadership, it was a random person in the church in that moment that I look back and go, wow, God can really use anyone because he's using me. Um, but he just prayed for me, he said, hey, I just baptised Caleb in the name of the Holy Spirit with evidence and speaking in tongues, open your mouth and speak, and I did. Maybe because I was young, I was like, you know, just like that childlike faith that, well, if I read it in my Bible and this guy says I can do it, then I'm going to do it. It edifies my spirit. I speak in tongues these days because it edifies my spirit. There's moments where I'm feeling a bit discouraged or down. There's moments where uh, um, I don't know what to pray. Have you ever experienced that? Where like you're going through seasons in your life and it's like, God, I just don't have the words. Can I encourage us? Tongues really helps me in my Christian walk there just to put my feelings and what's going on on the inside into a language that I can offer up to God. It ignites my faith. Do you know why it ignites my faith? Because I believe every time we speak in tongues, it takes faith. Because I don't know what I'm doing. 
You understand that? I think part of our human nature, and I'm good at this, is I want to take control. I want to be in control, but tongues is this element of not being in control, and it's going, no, 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 Holy Spirit, use my mouth, use my spirit, use my body to edify you. It ignites our faith. Like I just said, it's come in handy when I don't know what or how to pray when words cannot convey the weight of the situation. My, my, my prayer language has almost changed. It changes over time in different seasons. Have, have you experienced that if you speak in tongues? Sometimes it sounds different and you've got these words coming out. It's like, well, that's random. Never heard that one before. Or this is different. Or I remember the first time I spoke in tongues, I reckon it sounded simply like, like almost exactly the same as the guy that prayed for me. Why? Because I just had this childlike faith and if he did, I'm just going to do it and start there and see what happens. experiences of praying for other people to receive baptism in the Holy Spirit. I've seen it and I've seen a freshness in their spirit and their faith journey when they've received the gift of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Number three, the purpose. What is the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's empowerment to witness the risen Christ. Jesus wants us to share our faith. This is why our Pentecostal denominations are very evangelistic focused. This is why they are the ones that are more focused on youth ministries or reaching the next generation because there's this thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon us that we want to reach other people, that we want to witness the risen Christ. Peter preaches and 3,000 people respond. They receive salvation and are baptized. But there is another layer to this. You see, Pentecost is also the conclusion of the Festival of Harvests. Roll with me for a second. Seven sevens are, can I get a teacher in the room? Where's a teacher? Any teachers over here? No, no teachers? No, not giving me a thing. Seven sevens are what? 49. So remember those dates that I said before, how crucified, on what day Jesus was crucified? Friday, let's call it Friday. Sunday was what? Resurrection Sunday. That was also, and then, and then we count off seven lots of seven. Seven sevens of 49, is that right? Well, nearly lost my maths then, like my maths teacher's in the room. 49. Day 40, what happened? Jesus ascended. Day 50, what happened? Day of Pentecost. So the next day, the end, the, the start of the festival of harvest was the Passover. The end of the festival of harvest was Pentecost. It was this transition from, hey, what God has done to me into, hey, God, what can I do for you? Holy Spirit, empower me. The festival of harvest. Can I encourage us that at the end of the festival of harvest, at the day of Pentecost, it is the start of the harvest of our time to harvest, our time to reach out, our time to look outside of ourselves, empowered by the Holy Spirit. It starts with first fruit and ends in Pentecost. It is harvest time. The outpouring of the Spirit ushered in a new chapter in the God story. A time of harvest, a time of evangelism, a time of fruitfulness, a time of salvation, a time of inclusion, a, a time to, to stop staying in Jerusalem and to go into all the world. In 2023, Pastor Byron and Anne, the leadership team of Highway, have given the title over this year, Grow. What does that look like? Oh, well, it looks really good on a design. Poppy did a good design and that's cool. We can leave it as that. No, no, no. Grow, I believe, is a prophetic picture. 
It's a prophetic word over the life of our church that we as individuals would grow in our relationship with God. And the result of that would be that our church would grow, that our ministries would grow, that the outreach would grow because of what God is doing in us, that we would be in this harvest season. I believe that we're in a season of growth. Do you believe that? No, you don't believe it. Okay, so you got the closest car park you've ever had? It reminded you of COVID out there this morning, did it? No, it didn't, because you're apart from walking up the hill. I'm sorry. You didn't get your seat because someone sat in it. How dare they? Can I encourage us? We're in a season of growth. Pentecost Sunday is the birth of the church, and it hasn't stopped growing to this day. I want to be a part of a church that's growing. Do you? Because the onus then is if we want to be part of a church that's growing, we have a part, we have a part to play. You see, everyone that was gathered in the upper room received this gift. Everyone that were, was in the upper room received the Holy Spirit empowerment. Everyone in that upper room was powered by the Holy Spirit to go and be witnesses of the risen Christ. But Slats, what do you believe about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? This is what I believe. Are you ready? It's a gift. It's received by faith. And it's a heavenly language, an unknown tongue. The reason I say heavenly language is because people are identified by their language, aren't they? You can tell roughly where people are from by their language or their accent or, you know what I mean? I want an accent of heaven over my life. I don't want to just be a central Queenslander forever. Slats the bogan language. No, no, no. I want something more than that. God, I want your language. I want your spirit on my life. I want to be known as, an, as, a, as a citizen of heaven, not simply a citizen of central Queensland. God, I want more than what I have experienced. And I believe that it starts with the Holy Spirit infilling our lives. Secondly, the Holy Spirit baptized, being baptized in the Holy Spirit when receiving the power to be His witnesses. There's three things I want to do. Can I do three things with you? There's three things. I'll tell you what they are so you don't have to guess. The first thing is, like every service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Whether it's for the first time, maybe it's a recommitment this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's some people in this room and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've never spoken tongues before. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. The third thing I want to do is maybe in this room, maybe some of us are just feeling dry. Maybe it feels like it's been a while since you've experienced that infilling or that fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you an opportunity just to receive a fresh outpouring of the Spirit, a fresh touch. It's like I've, there's been moments in my Christian walk where I've just felt dry, I've felt weary, and then, and then it's like I've received something fresh in the Holy Spirit, and it's like I've just come alive again, that I've been given a drink, so to speak. So can we pray? I just wonder right across this place if we could bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment because I just want to give the person beside you some privacy to respond. So this morning, if you're here, maybe you've never said yes to the love of Jesus. Maybe you've never responded in a moment like this and said, hey Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to do life your way, not my own way. I want to 
come back to you. Maybe you have once in the past and it's been years. It's like a distant memory and you've gone your own way. And this morning you want to say, no, Jesus, I'm coming home. Jesus, I want to come back to you. If that's you, what I'm going to ask you to do in a moment is just raise your hand in a moment. I'll see it. I'll invite you down the front. And I would love just an opportunity to lead you in a prayer that will change your life from this day moving forward. So on the count of three, we're going to raise our hands and they're going to go up right across this place. One, two, three. If you want to respond to Jesus for the first time, why don't you raise your hand right now? Maybe you want to recommit right now. Raise your hand and I'll include you in this prayer. I simply need to identify us so that we can pray together. Who are you this morning? Say, yeah, that's me, Slats. I want to make a fresh decision for God today. I want to know your love and your peace, Lord. I want to receive your forgiveness. I want to feel your love afresh. Who is that this morning? Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Number two. There's people in the room that have never responded or never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues in their life. If that's you, I'm gonna ask, actually, why don't we all stand right now in this moment? If this morning, if you have the boldness to ask in faith for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe you will receive it this morning. So if you wanna receive this gift of tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm just gonna ask as the band worship, if you can just come stand on this side, my left, your right, on the altar right here, we'd just love an opportunity to pray for you. So if that's you, start making your way now, you wanna receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come on this side. Or maybe through worship this morning, you just need that fresh touch. Maybe you're feeling a little bit dry this morning and you just wanna leave better than what you came in. You need that freshness of the Spirit. Can I encourage you to come to this side, my right, your left, as we worship right now. So why don't you lead us? Caitlin and we're going to just have an opportunity to respond. If you want a fresh touch this side, baptism of the Holy Spirit, come this side. Thanks team. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.